Hey, are you up? Yeah, I know it's late as fuck, but I got some juicy shit to tell you. Think you can stay up and listen for a bit? Hello. I am back with another episode, and before I get into this one, I wanted to check in with you all and see how you were doing, see how your last weekend has gone, how this weekend has gone, the last week. Uh, (laughs) Mine has been quite chaotic, and I'm just working through it, and it's crazy how one small thing can just, like, fuck with your mind and, like... I, the point is that I've been struggling a little bit this week for for a really funny reason. And so last weekend, sun, Sunday? No, like, well, like, it was like 1 a.m. It was like midnight, okay? I was eating a midnight snack. It wasn't a snack. It was like dinner, actually, uh, because I just didn't have time uh, in the afternoon to get something to eat. So I... Anyway, it was around like 11 where I finally got to sit down and eat and so I made a salmon bowl and um, It's like one of my favorite meals. I've been eating that for like literally the past 20 years of my life (laughs) and Never had a problem. Never had a problem (laughs) The I was just I was going ham and I was watching the show with my friend and everything was fine And then all of a sudden, I eat, (laughs) and then I feel like this really sharp fucking pain in the back of my throat. And I think, like, oh, maybe it's just, like, after I'm done eating or whatever, I, I, like, wash my dishes and shit, and then I go in the bathroom, and I'm, like, looking in the back of my throat to see, like, oh, maybe it's just, like, a piece of rice that got stuck or uh, whatever. And I obviously, like, I'm still feeling that irritation. So I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So then I go upstairs and I'm like, (laughs) at this point, I'm like a little bit freaking out because I'm like, mom, there's food stuck in my throat. Like, I I can't talk. Like, I'm just, I'm over this. And she's like, what? What the fuck is going on? And I'm like, stop. I need to go, like, check my mouth. (laughs) And then I go into my room and I grab like a little flashlight and I look in the back of my throat and in that fucking moment, I literally died. (laughs) I like, I started crying so hard because it was like a fucking, it was so traumatic. There was in my tonsil and your tonsils kind of far back. So it's not like within reach where you, and I have small hands, (laughs) so like, I, when I'm, like, trying to go back there, I can't fucking reach it. But there's a little bone sticking in my tonsil. In my tonsil. (laughs) And I'm, like, holy shit. (laughs) And every time I swallow, it's, like, scratching my throat. So I, like, have to, like, breathe through my nose. And it was, oh, my God, it was just so fucking traumatic. And then I, and my dad was already sleeping. And so I had to wake my dad up and, like, imagine you are waking your fucking parent up at 1 a.m. Like, there's a bone stuck in my throat. (laughs) And they're all, like, you know, confused and shit. And they're like, what the fuck is going on? Anyway, I couldn't get it out of my throat. I even tried sticking a fucking tweezer in the back of my throat. And then my dad was like, you get that shit. If you swallow that shit, I swear to God. And yeah, it was, it was a mess. And I was like, when I tell you I was breaking down, like, I was so fucking anxious that 
I don't even know how to explain it. Like, my anxiety skyrocketed because when I, when I couldn't, like, get it undone, when I couldn't get the, the bone out, I was like, I'm definitely going to have to go to the hospital. And what's going to happen is they're going to, like, try, they're going to even stick bigger tools into my mouth and then I'm going to fucking gag and I, I, my gag reflex is not great right now. Like, <laughs> so we're just going to have issues. Anyway... <laughs> fast forward we went to the hospital and then they took like my blood pressure and all that and then that even like skyrocketed my anxiety because then they were like your blood pressure is super high and I was like yeah because there's a bone stuck in my throat and y'all are gonna fucking stick large ass tools in there to try and get it out and it was a fucking mess anyway um yeah (laughs) I'm like trying to like think about what happened but I had to like wait for about two to three hours and on a serious note you know for the people out there wear your masks okay get vaccinated um this is not political this is not somebody telling you to wear a mask and get vaccinated and you know follow instructions and be safe and don't put people high-risk people in um like uh worser what's what's the word like don't don't make them higher risk um this is a little sidetrack because when i went to emergency it was fucking like when i tell you that it was like there was no beds there was like it was packed and especially on like in smaller towns and islands and, and places like that when you're only you only have like few hotspot hospitals everywhere you need to like like it becomes impossible to take care of anybody because right now the the concern is COVID. So anybody else who has either a chronic illness or are struggling, like, who just have, like, where they have to constantly go to the hospital and, you know, the hospital is basically turning you down because they don't have space for you, that can get really, it's even more stressful for people. So, you know, it's not political when somebody tells you to, to have empathy for others and to be aware of others so yeah wear your masks um get vaccinated and get the boosters and all that and i say that because when i went to the emergency it was packed like i already just said that (laughs) but like there were people who've been waiting for like and mind you this is like 1 a.m i went there at like 1 2 a.m in the morning 2 2 in the morning (laughs) and um yeah, there are people that have been waiting there for five hours, six hours, have been waiting there since 9 p.m., who who nobody has helped them, and they're, like, struggling to get help, and they're constantly being, like, and, you know, I get it, the nurses are overwhelmed, everybody's overwhelmed, and, um, so, yeah, just, like, keep in mind these kinds of things, because I know it's, I know it's easy to, because it's not spoken about a lot, um, you know, on media and news and, it's always like the same thing or you know they don't people don't make it seem as big as it is and you know this is not like trying to be like fear-mongering and all that but it's just important to understand where our world is at and to be taking the necessary precautions to you know just keep people safe and because that's the only that's the only way we will ever progress and we will ever potentially be able to move past this is just having an open mind and following directions following instructions and 
whatever because we you know we all know that the cdc is fucking up right now cdc is they're not doing a great job at all and so really it's on the individual person to be taking matters into their own hands and just to be doing doing whatever you think um will help so yeah wash your hands wear the mask get the vaccines period um anyway back to my story i had to oh my gosh oh yeah i had to wait for like two three hours which wasn't bad at all compared to all the other people so i was very thankful for that and uh when i went in they had to take an x-ray they couldn't see this oh my god the (laughs) x-ray they couldn't see anything on the x-ray after but when i got the x-ray i went in like completely like my brain was not there so i just put on a hoodie and i wasn't wearing a bra um um, with my shirt but okay keep in mind a bitch got titties like (laughs) like i have pretty big boobs (laughs) so i when they asked me to take the x-ray i i kept my hoodie on and then he was like the guy was like oh uh can you take your hoodie off it's like in the way of the x-ray machine or whatever and i was like oh shit (laughs) And so I took my hoodie off and my fucking titty popped out. I was like, this, this night, man, this night. And, um, (laughs) the guy was like, oh, no worries. All good. And had I been in any other situation in any other fucking public setting, I would have like, I probably would have bawled my eyes out even more. But, you know, thankfully it was a fucking hospital. So they accept those kinds of things. And, but yeah, when I felt, I was like, my nip suddenly feels really cold right now. And I looked down on my fucking titties outside of my shirt. Oh my God. That was so, <laughs> uh, and then progressive moving on from that. Um, I had to like, they don't care. So like when the hospital, they don't have any rooms. This is just like to like instill in people's heads, like how crazy things are right now. But they don't have rooms, so what they do is, like, they have gurneys set up in the hallway, like, almost back-to-back to to each other, obviously leaving space because you have to social distance and all of that. But, like, you, they have to, oh my gosh, sorry, um, (laughs) trying to gather my thoughts. Um, the gurneys are just back-to-back, and they're in the hallway, so you are out in the open, you don't have a room, whatever, because like that's just how packed things are anyway they put me on one of those and i was waiting and then they're like what happened to you i'm like there's bone stuck in my throat i thought that the salmon was boneless obviously the people who clean the salmon didn't get all the pin bones out whatever and so then they went like we kept going back and forth with like figuring out how to do this and they ended up using one of those i forget what they're called but it's the um they use them for pap smears <laughs> and like the little clamps and they took like the top part off but I had to like hold my tongue down and b- before that they got like this like cherry like no uh what is it like the the sprays that um are filled with like a percentage of lidocaine um to numb your throat and they did that but oh my god I kept gagging <laughs> and like the little thing kept touching the back of my throat I was like no I can't do this that shit tasted so nasty and it the bone was so far back that I couldn't they couldn't get it because um 
I just kept gagging every single time and they weren't numbing the spot that needed to be numbed. And so then we had to get the, we had to get like a bigger percentage or whatever of lidocaine and, um, on like this little gel thing. And I had to like, it was, it was, it was a mess. It was a lot. And I kept having to apologize because I could tell like the doctor was a little bit fed up with me. (laughs) She was like, um, she was like, oh, like, she can't do it because of her gag. She keeps gagging. I'm like, yeah, no shit, because you're sticking a fucking popsicle stick down my throat every five seconds. Uh, anyway, this other nurse came in, and they helped me, and they literally, like, got on my the gurney and, like, held my mouth open. It was so intimate. <laughs> and, like, it was maybe, like, 30 minutes after me throwing a fit about, like, just gagging and not being able to get my throat properly numbed where that other nurse came in and was able to hold my mouth open and they stuck that little scissors that scissor tweezers in and they pulled it out and holy shit my my like my eyes just like popped open like they went wide because that was like a whole inch of bone just stuck in my tonsil and like so if I tried to even get it myself I could have potentially like broken the bone off in my tonsil and oh my gosh that was such an experience and like the nurses were like you know that was was just a really weird um thing but I guess like you know to have something I guess borderline funny like that uh amongst all the chaos that's happening in there they were like, that's a story to tell that this this 20-year-old girl came in and uh, they had a bone stuck in their throat <laughs> and we helped, we helped them. And so, yeah, that was, that was quite, that was quite the experience. I went home after and I was like, it was, it was already like 5am by that point. It's like, oh, I'm going to fucking sleep now the rest of the day. Anyway, that was just my story that I thought I thought was funny and I wanted to share because, wow, <laughs> you know, my first week into barely one or like two weeks into um, 2022 and this shit happens to me. But yeah, so if you are a avid salmon lover like me, or you just you eat salmon, um, make sure you watch out for those pin bones, and you just make sure you're properly cleaning your salmon and looking for all those 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 sharp juicy shits. <laughs> because that was so fucking oh my gosh, that was a little bit traumatizing. I think like even like the smallest thing like that, it just wow um I'm like even scared to eat salmon now so (sighs) I think things are a process but um on to like the real thing that I wanted to talk about we're already 14 minutes in uh and I don't really I don't have any notes for this that's basically how these episodes have been going recently is I haven't had any notes it's just kind of spontaneous of what I want to share and um Right now, I'm getting back into the swing of things with writing, and I'm really, I'm doing really good. A <laughs> uh, little brag moment there, but I've been revising Muse. I've been working on Dark Room. Uh, for those of you who read, who keep up with me on Wattpad, which I assume that's where all of you are from, <laughs> and 
yeah, Muse has been doing incredible. I literally, I'm so fucking thankful for all of you and every single reader who has given Muse a chance. Like, I, this being, like, the first draft and it being, like, in my, like, I'm proud of the first draft, trust, but, like, I read it back and there's a lot of fucking work that needs to go into it. So, the fact that people are super appreciative of that and, have just like you know we've created this little community (laughs) over on there and um where people like continually giving me support and just having a space where we can like chat about these things and about this this kind of content it's been it's been really great and has been my like stress reliever uh, mm, (laughs) lately and yeah uh aside from that I have also noticed, you know, from the from the safe spaces that I, we create and all of that, which I love. Um, that's all I ever trying to do is create spaces where we can uh, just comfortably have the conversations and be open about whatever whatever the case may be. Just the taboo things that aren't talked about. Um, I do have a few comments here and there, as whenever like Muse especially has these big spikes in reads is people comment very like (laughs) internalized or like misogynistic things um could be kink shaming it could be just shaming in general like slut shaming it could be you know if a if a female character does something then like, that's literally, I feel like that's the narrative in every single book where a woman shows that they have autonomy over themselves is that people will always comment and be like, why is she being like this? Why is she like that? Um, and so today I, I wanted to cover a few things regarding that. <clears throat> uh, kind of the whole, I wanted to cover internalized misogyny, shame towards sex, um, just like, you know, having those what you think is secondhand embarrassment but it's really you just have a lot of deep-rooted uh you know misogyny in you and sexism and like sexist ideologies and yeah so we're gonna we're gonna fluctuate a lot we're gonna like go back and forth between things in this episode so if we're all over if I'm all over the place you know roll with me okay because <laughs> we've got a lot to talk about uh, so yeah, we're gonna start with a lot of the comments that I get on Muse, but some of the few ones are, like, if, okay, in the kink community and in a lot of BDSM relationships, or just really any, you know, any type of sexual relationship that isn't necessarily vanilla, uh, there's going to be, like, vocab and, like, words that you use with each other that maybe either it's role-playing or (laughs) it's addressing each other and you guys have a certain you in your relationship you have a certain um understanding where you call that person okay like what I mean (laughs) sorry scratch scratch um what I mean by that is like this whole idea of calling or act of calling somebody sir of, uh, you know, using maybe degrading words or 
addressing people as like superiors whatever whatever the case may be obviously in muse vera uses sir a lot she um addresses him as somebody who is more dominant than her that's the whole point because he is her dominant and somebody who has who holds the power in a lot of those sexual situations sexual situations um physical power not mental power because obviously um women in whoever in those situations whoever the sub is they also hold a certain I feel like subs actually hold all the power in those situations because they are allowing somebody to do those things to them and they have the safe word obviously a dom can use a safe word as well um but i feel like a lot of people forget that submissives can they really are the root of the scene that's taking place because you know if something goes down that the dom is doing uh and the sub is not comfortable with that obviously you can go ahead and be like no stop this um or obviously using what would be better is to use a safe word right <clears throat> anyway um yeah so i get lots of comments of being like oh this girl's fucking weird because she's saying sir or like stop saying sir or like why is she saying stuff like that or why is why are they why is she acting like this and and because i portray vera as a very she can be confusing sometimes and that's because she's coming into her her like sensuality and who she is and how she identifies and so a lot of those things times can be very awkward because that's the, that's the reality when you're going into these things for the first time it's not perfect it's not you know you orgasm on the first try or um you you just have like the greatest time whatever she's like her internal monologue is her figuring out how the fuck she how she wants to fuck (laughs) and how she wants to like um come into herself and tell people like how she is and what she wants and all those things and so her dialogue when it comes out may be super like blunt or may not blunt but can be super like, oh my god, why did she just say that (laughs) type of thing, or like, where she just blurts out sentences sometimes, and where she gets super awkward, and because she has, she has an anxiety that's like building up in her, where she has yet to find, when she, when she finally goes there with Damien, and they, they start their relationship, their sexual relationship, she is finally able to open up and be who she is without that kind of judgment, and that's why Cordelia is also a, an incredible kind of role model for her and friend because Cordelia just allows her to be herself. And, and yeah. Um, so I also think it's like we feel a lot of embarrassment towards things that we're not familiar with. And BDSM is a very, it's it's ridiculed. It's a very misunderstood community and act and, you know, lifestyle. And when you're not familiar with things, you're number one, like what you tend to, as a human, what you tend to uh, do is, you know, add to all of that shame and ridicule it the same anybody else would because obviously you don't want to show interest in something that other people are looking at. Like, what is that? <laughs> you know? And 
So, you know, if you're somebody who's interested in BDSM, it's just really important to do the proper research and to talk to people that are, are, you know, are going to be comfortable with having these conversations because not everybody yet has the capacity to be that open-minded. And of course, I'm always somebody who pushes being open-minded no matter what the case may be because it's really important to have these conversations and to create safe environments because when you don't, most of the time you go, you go to places that are unsafe and are, are just easy and quick and will teach you like the fast route of things and won't go over the precautions and the safety, like the safeties that you need to go through and um, all that really important, all of those really important things. And I talked about this briefly of like sex in general in my first episode of going places that you will just give you what you need instantly and you know I get it (laughs) I get it people are horny and people they want to have sex they want to get into BDSM they want to they want to get shit done this is a like message (laughs) to you (laughs) if you are one of those people's people's persons you know what I'm you know what I'm saying um if you are one of those eager souls to get that you just want to get into it I really want to iterate that it is important that you take the time to learn things that go into BDSM, sex in general, consent, uh, kinks, whatever kinks you may be into, and your partner. Your partner is a very, very, very crucial person in your relationships because that's the person you're going to be doing these things with and when you don't have a partner that is able to number one either respect you or just isn't on the same wavelength as you then you know you either still need to have communicate and have those conversations with them or you need to move on (sighs) sorry that was a lot (laughs) and because oftentimes or at least for me what happened when I first I had maybe yeah I would consider it like my first one of my first BDSM-esque experiences it was incredibly I don't even know how to like describe it it was just there was no safe word implemented there was no it was just like I said I like this thing and they went off of that it was there was no communication involved and at the time you know, obviously I wish I had spoken up, but there are a lot of us who are unable to to say like what we want and especially if that person isn't reciprocate reciprocative. <laughs> they don't reciprocate and they they don't they're not really oh, receptive of um like what we're trying to tell them and all of that. It can be it can just be it can be scary to open up like that. And so one of my first BDSM experiences was super rough and super harsh and nothing like I wanted because it was the like boundaries and the confines of what I wanted were overstepped and yeah because a lot of the times people this is this is another thing a lot of times people think that BDSM is like um really really hard kinks and yeah there there are super hard kinks but whether it be like it could be something as you enjoy getting a little slap in the face and uh a lot of the times it's not a super hard slap um 
I think especially on TikTok, people promote re- like when you have those kinds of kinks, it's like you're just getting straight up punched in the face. And that's not like sometimes it's like a little your dom or whoever you're engaging in this kind of thing will and if they are properly trained pop- properly, they've done all their research type of dom and they're very um, safe dom. Um they will like test your levels of what you're able to handle and what what you like because most of the time they don't just go in and slap you <laughs> like they don't just uh what do I want to say they don't just like and and even if they go in and slap you they are they read your face they don't they don't just do it and then continue doing it and and if you're continually flinching and and you, you know what I mean? Do you, you get what I'm saying? Like, doms normally do, not normally, they do <laughs> temperature checks and they actually see how you're doing. Um, especially if you are the type of person who you don't, you may not be able to speak up in those situations. It's, it's a dom's job as well to kind of gauge where your sub is at. And, um... Yeah, so in my experience, it just, like, it kept going. <laughs> I'm just, like, I'm literally gonna wake up with a fucking red face. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't know how to say no, and I didn't know how to, um, kind of stop the situation because, like, we just went about it super quickly, and there was no conversation beforehand about what I wanted and, and, and all of those things, and, so yeah, um, I really am very big on even if you're just having vanilla sex, vanilla type sex, um, none of the BDSM, just really taking your time when it comes to finding a partner because whether they're a casual hookup or not, um, and especially if you're hooking up with men, no offense to men, um, a lot of the times men do not care. <laughs> They do not care if that if you are a casual hookup. They don't care if um you know, that sounds very that sounds very like rough, but um it's kind of the truth. <laughs> and they they'll really only see you as an object in something to not respect and to continue using um over and over again casually so if you are not getting your o or if you are not getting the pleasure that you want and you deserve then know when to get the fuck out of there right because it's not i said this in the first episode but you know a lot of us think that sexual liberation is is being able to fuck whoever we want do whatever the fuck we want and to a certain degree obviously those are those are those can really aid in your liberation but there comes a certain point where we damage ourselves more when we give our when we give our bodies away to people who don't who don't respect us and who don't see us as another as their equal and because even BDSM relationships and if you are a dom or if you're a sub you always see your partner as an equal even if there is a like even if you're role playing a power imbalance there or you have like a power dynamic, it is still always equal. And so if your partner or whatever relationship that you're in doesn't see you as that and see you as something to somebody who always, you know, ask you for sex and in situ- when, when you're 
sorry, ask you for sex whenever you're not ready or to like constantly pursue you and force you into it and kind of coerce you, then that is somebody that does not respect your boundaries. Um, yeah. Backtracking a little bit. <laughs> uh, towards, <laughs> we lit- I literally went so far into that, but um, shame. <laughs> yeah. Back into kind of the shame, feeling shame towards sex. I think for if you are somebody who reads something and you maybe feel, because while it's really it's really valid to say that you are not interested in something and you don't want to go that far, you don't want to, it doesn't even have to be something extreme, it doesn't even have to be a hard kink, it could be um, whatever, something that you're just not interested in doing. And really, obviously that's super valid. But if you are somebody who looks towards sex and like sex in general and what other people are into or just like you see a woman, this is this is really like um, feminine based and kind of because I feel like (laughs) a lot of women are ridiculed for for being in their sexuality and for being um, to really have autonomy over themselves and say what they want and don't want. But just and you're super like misogynistic towards them or you have a lot of shame whenever they talk about those things and they're really open with themselves i invite you to act to like see where where that comes from and see where that stems where that kind of feelings where those kinds of feelings stem from and like how we can just addressing them because for me i didn't I obviously, if you keep up with me, I've been celibate for over a year and that was because I'm on this little little celibate journey <laughs> because I had a lot of shame towards sex, but I just kept having it <laughs> and in, I kept having it in like a lot of really harmful situations and um, just putting myself in predicaments that I that I shouldn't have even been in in the first place because you we always see this societal where it's kind of like for a lot of us women it's a, it's us kind of going against society and being like no like you say I can't have sex so I'm gonna I'm gonna do it anyway and I'm gonna like you can slut shame me all you want but I'm gonna do it anyway and in the end it kind of harms us more because we are we're accepting um this treatment from people who really don't give a fuck about us and there are so many people out there there are so many souls out there who do give a fuck about us and so really taking the time obviously you like the experiences where you you the bad experiences are part of the journey and all that part of the process but um just like knowing that like you are able to give yourself time and you don't always have to speed up and rush because it does seem like a lot of people in our generation you know they may be whether it be in their in a relationship or they're constantly having sex or you always see people around you who are just constantly constantly on the go but it's okay it's okay to be celibate it's okay to not it's okay to still you know I don't like saying that but um it obviously resonates with a lot of people is having your virginity and you don't have to have the experience right away you are you are allowed to be a beginner or um just new to everything um 
sex again it's a process i'm gonna i'm gonna always reiterate that and there's no um there are no expectations of sex besides consent so as long as you can be with somebody who respects you and can communicate and can uh reciprocate the kind of needs that you need and vice versa then that's really what matters right right (laughs) um but as far as like shame towards sex i my little little personal backstory my shame stemmed from a lot of religion and it also stemmed from body shaming and growing up in a very like thin world and um yeah just like a lot of a lot of white girls and a lot of thin girls and so that really put um kind of like a strain on my body image because you know I never saw again I, I, I spoke about this but I never saw an issue with my body until other people started making it an issue and then what happened is people only see me for my body and they don't see me as a person so they like they're gonna be like oh like she's all curves and she's all that and so like like I want to fuck and like that's literally how it always went with all of my sexual experiences is they just saw me as something to use and they never really saw me as a person and and they never wanted to progress a relationship because I didn't look like the norm and yeah that's that's basically how all of my sexual encounters have gone and again is the reason that I'm celibate because I also have to work through a lot of you know what I allow myself to kind of endure and all of those things but as far as religion goes back we're going back to where my kind of shame towards sex stem from it came from religion and I feel like a lot of us can relate to that especially if you grew up um Christian or Catholic um I know other religions also have can have super skewed values but uh I feel like more it's more westernized especially is where you engage in anything sexual and there's this thing of like feeling unpure or unholy and because the church and anybody religious um, will make you feel like especially women and girls um, like you have to be young and childlike and pure and when you give that when you give yourself away to somebody which again virginity construct <laughs> it's like you know all the thing about popping your cherry and your hymen like you know some people bleed during sex some people don't those are all like i don't know these all come from like sex ed and sex ed is like super skewed sometimes but um just like if you give yourself to somebody and suddenly you're not pure anymore suddenly you're not whole and I remember when I had sex for the first time and it was again in a really unsafe situation I was like or should I say first time with a man (laughs) and I was in a really unsafe situation I kind of just internalized that as this is how it's always going to go and um and even after I had it, and or if I was ever in situations that might have been potentially good ones, and I always after just felt like an incredible 
like wave of guilt and like shame and feeling so like dirty and like not not myself and not whole and that also that that comes from a lot of people growing up telling me that I shouldn't be a certain way I shouldn't act a certain way and um when literally I was just being myself and um just always pushing a narrative of preservation and so it really puts a lot of expectations on on young girls especially where you have to perform a certain way and you have to look a certain way and if you don't you are you are less than and you know when you get to that age where you start experimenting or exploring your your sexuality uh it's it does more harm than good because you're questioning when you have experiences where you feel super good um and then there's like a wave of guilt after it's like oh so I like I I feel guilty for feeling good and and yeah, so what, I, what I've done to work through that kind of is a lot of just sensual experience or practices. Um, yoga is a great one. <laughs> I don't, like, it's just it, releasing all of that um, energy is, is an incredible, incredible way of, like, just pushing out all of those kind of negative feelings. And because, you know, when you're holding on to those for a long time and just constantly overthinking and again, celibacy has really helped as well, and just understanding that I have autonomy over myself, and I'm able to, when the time is right, I'm able to find a partner that will really respect me. Um, another thing is also, hmm, what do I want to say? What does, like, help me? Um, just, like, being super sensual with myself, and, and, um, I always, I'm always pro-masturbation, <laughs> and, you know, whether it be you invest in a toy, or you just have a few minutes to yourself to fill yourself up, and showering, um, you know, like I said, showering is a really good way to kind of wash away all that negativity. It's a really great way to get to know yourself even more, and and so when you're showering, you know, fill up yourself, and it doesn't always have to be super like it's not doesn't have to be inherently sexual. You don't have to like masturbate in the shower or whatever. It can just be you're feeling yourself up and you're getting you're getting comfortable with with the nooks and all of the the curves and the your skin and um all of those parts of yourself. Uh yeah, cuz when you are able to look at yourself in the mirror and really appreciate what you're looking at and um kind of move away from any negative self-talk and really really allow yourself to be in that kind of love and abundance it's it's a really fucking sweet feeling um and yeah oh we're at 42 minutes already this is this is gonna be a long one um i don't want to go to make this too long so we'll speed it up a little bit but uh also this is shame towards this is a little a little segue but shame towards getting tested for and like you know stis um it's very important because i feel like a lot of people they see stis as something to be 
ashamed of or like if you have one or if somebody else has one it's very easy to shame them and to look at them differently because you think that they're disgusting or gross or um and the thing is you do not know somebody's situation you do not know um what happened to them you do not know how they got it you and even if they got it from they just got it it is not that's not the point like it's something that has happened to them and it is something that they are dealing with and it's also it makes it incredibly hard for the person who does have an STI to have that conversation with you because if you are somebody who's not receptive of it because um you know that's just how you create the cycle of people not being honest and up and up or straight up and like straightforward and all of that oh sorry it's a lot of talking and obviously you know you're valid in having those kinds of feelings towards it because that's how we grew up is a lot of how a lot of us grew up is you are always taught that these are things you need to stay away from that are things that like you need to prevent and but sometimes you know life happens shit happens it's a very important thing to understand is that you are not in control of everything you can't always be in control of every single thing that happens to you and so yeah just um STI testing understand that it's normal and it's it's part of it's actually a a form of respect and for yourself and whoever you're hooking up with or whoever you're having sex with um and just you taking the initiative to kind of take care of your sexual health and um yeah just like keep being open-minded about that I have a if you haven't already if you're listening and you, ha- you want to learn more about that or you and you haven't already seen it, I did post a guide on my Instagram on 10.45 p.m. about the stigma of STIs and um, just like how we need to rework our language or yeah, rework the way that we see it, re- re- rework the way that we talk and our language towards it, saying things like I'm clean doesn't make sense in um if somebody has an STI because that's what you're assuming you're assuming that somebody who has an STI is is dirty and um and yeah uh that also that kind of shame goes into anything as well right (laughs) uh sidetracking into like testing for COVID and if you're you are COVID positive it's really just about being transparent and it's about keeping others safe as well as um it's just about respect if you are somebody that has an STI or has had an STI just being very transparent about that can um call for better communication and respect in a relationship and yeah and if you're somebody who who is talking to somebody that has an STI just be super receptive (laughs) be open-minded about it and they are coming to you as some as basically they respect you enough to be able to come to you and, and tell you something that has happened to them and something that they have and whether it be a a treatable STI or a lifelong one. So yeah, just key is open mindedness and receptiveness. <laughs> uh, and a last thing huh I don't I, I really like I know like this episode is really all over the place but um this one's we've just got a lot to talk about <laughs> uh 
kind of going back to like muse and darkroom and really any erotic type works or mature works it's entertainment um understand that it's entertainment and know that it's not a life it's not a holy grail for life it's not and for your sex life and it's not something to to base all of your experiences off of. I feel like a lot of people, I get ridiculed quite a bit for Muse um, because it could be like people don't see it as realistic or um, personally, <laughs> it's realistic. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but like a lot of the things that have happened in Muse have happened to me. So and in Darkroom as well. And so, like, for somebody, it, it might be a hella realistic story. And, um, but the point I'm trying to make is it's not, that's, most of the time, all of these things are, are just entertainment. They are just for, they're, they're just fabricated stories that are, you know, meant to make you feel good, that are meant to, um just kind of like let you go away to like these different fantasy worlds and get enamored with and 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 yeah so don't use anything that any erotic writer or fantasy writer fiction writer um writes porn um whatever you watch don't internalize that because it's not real they're just fabricated to look a certain way and in in turn when you internalize those kinds of things and you say like oh but that one girl in that one video did it or um that one man in that one video did it to that girl so why can't he do it to me it's it's creating it's setting yourself up for um expectations that you can't that can't be reached because when it comes time to perform you or your partner are not able to and um yeah, that's just how you, you create more problems. So just really understanding that all of these things are fabricated and it's important to separate fiction from reality. Uh, yeah, and to not... Sex is not skewed like that. Sex is... There's no... It's not what you read. It's not what you watch. It's 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 way more heightened and and complex and more intricate and even more intimate sometimes so it's really case by case and understanding that is just very very important um a last thing is having the conversations um I always you know I don't want to I guess like this episode's kind of just like reiterating what I said in the first episode um but just really finding a community that you can talk to Again, I'm always open. My DMs and messages are always open to talk about these kinds of things if you have questions. Uh, and I'm never somebody that's going to shame you for having, you know, curiosities and wanting to learn more about stuff. And I can even help you um, kind of push you towards maybe communities and kind of websites that are safe to have those more broader or not broader but more um uh what's the word <laughs> not complicated just like like more conversations where with people that are better equipped because you know i i don't know all of the answers um 
But yeah, just because most likely when you're, the reason I say I'm super big on having conversations is because when you're able to talk about these things freely with people that you trust and in communities that you trust and you feel safe in, there's nothing that can be deemed gross or weird or out of the norm. And you respect people's curiosities and people's um, want to learn and because I don't know. I feel like I feel like this is with this goes with anything, not just sex, but our society claims to be very inclusive, but I think there are still a lot of growing up that a lot of us need to do and a lot of um more open-mindedness a lot of us need to have because especially on TikTok, I feel like some half of TikTok is super informative and super like you know, teaching. <laughs> um you can learn a lot and then the other half is just really rude that's all I can like it's it's very toxic on that app sometimes so I uh, TikTok is not a great place to learn anything though it's it's great for um opinions and um you know some stuff can be super informative informative but I wouldn't I wouldn't turn to any of the discourse on TikTok for especially things that are sex related and all that um it's important to just have face-to-face conversations and to find like trusted certified (laughs) like communities that will actually take the time to respond to you and it's not just like a video of somebody telling you how to um behave or act like like tiktok does sometimes um but yeah uh, having the conversations and when you have those conversations you really just free yourself of that kind of judgment and that overthinking and you're able to tap into that side of yourself that welcomes sensuality and is really you get more in tune with your sacral um, when you have to when you keep that all bottled up inside and you're forced to internalize that you kind of either make your own opinions and you kind of in in some ways you gaslight yourself into thinking that these things are not as important as they are and um when they really when it is (laughs) and you end up again putting yourself in situations that um can be incredibly harmful so so yeah yeah just again my dms are open if you want to chat about this these kinds of things because i know not everybody can um not everybody knows where to uh find people to have those kinds of conversations and and whatnot so yeah that's that's it for this episode um that was a lot (laughs) I didn't want to, I kind of just wanted to talk. This was more of a a talking one and a more uh, general what's been on my mind lately because um, of the comments that I've been getting on Muse and all that and my little story in the beginning of my salmon bone. (laughs) But, uh, so yeah, this was super informal, but I feel like it was a a great conversation. (laughs) So with that, uh, thank you for listening, and thank you for making it this far into the episode. I know I talked about quite a bit, uh, but yeah, I I hope that you're having a wonderful morning, night, day, evening, dusk, dawn, wherever you are, what time, whatever time it may be, 
and I will see you in the next one. I love you. Mwah.